Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. There's nobody that I know or that you know that has lived in New York during the period when I was mayor that wouldn't say best mayor ever, scrupulously honest, hardest working, and delivered results. I'm Brian Anderson. You're listening to California Nation. As part of our ongoing series of candidate conversations, we recently sat down with former New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg on February 3rd, the same day as early voting began here in California. On today's podcast, we're bringing you that full conversation. And later in this episode, we discuss the voting process, especially if you're registered with no party preference and want to vote for a Democrat or a Republican for president. All right, enjoy the show. We are not going to have a circus here. But we just left pleasure for paradise. Can you please hug me? (laughs) Do not worry, Dutch is not here today. We, We clearly learned our lesson. These are not ordinary times. And this will not be an ordinary election. What, if any, personal ties do you have to California? Personal ties in California? Well, my cousin uh, has been, I think it's 42 years, a second grade teacher in the L.A. school system. Um, She's the only relative I have, I think, maybe some distant cousins of my mother. But uh, in terms of uh, ties, I have enormous number of employees here from my company. We have offices throughout California. And in terms of uh, campaigning, uh, we have, uh, how many uh, offices do we have? 20 different offices here in the in the state um, but I've done business here I've been coming here for an awful long time and your state director we talked to him and he said our Iowa is California if you don't pick up many delegates in California is it came over for you no, no I don't think it's over but it would obviously be more difficult and as we're gonna win this and we're running against Donald Trump and the public wants us to replace Donald Trump and the public wants government that actually works and we've got endorsements from a whole bunch of very senior uh, elected officials here in California. Other than the fact that you've got a lot of money on your side, why are you feeling like you're worthy of news coverage and candidate? Well, you saw how many people showed up at seven in the morning here, including an awful lot of the press. You can tell from that that people think you are gonna be the candidate or have a very good chance of being the candidate. Uh, I was in Phoenix uh, yesterday, Day before, yes, day before yesterday, we had 1,500 people show up in a room that was supposed to have, you know, 1,000. The cops stopped people from coming in. There were so many people. Same thing happened in Denver the day before. The campaign is catching on, and people, and, and, and you can see it in the polls now. We're tied with Elizabeth Warren already. She's been doing this for two or three years. I've been doing it for 10 weeks. What's your response to concerns from people that you're buying your way to the presidency? I'm spending my money to try to get rid of Donald Trump, and when I say that, they say, oh, spend more. 
Uh, I'm not doing anything different than other people are doing. They have been working on it for a few years. I've only been working on it for 10 weeks. The only ways I can get a message out is to spend money. But I'm not asking other people to give me money. I'm spending my own money. And all of these other candidates, you know, when they're in Congress, they take monies from these groups that they regulate, and it's just an outrage. And if they want to do it, that's, uh, they have to explain to the voters what they're doing and why uh, my policy of not owing anybody anything but doing what's right is the right one to do. We checked your campaign website. There's nothing on foreign policy, immigration, or well, higher working. education and other top issues. But oh, voting, voting starts today for... For Californians, why should they vote for you when they don't know where you stand on key policy issues? Well, we're trying to get as many out as we can, but I think, just take a look at what I did in education. I raised teacher salaries by 43%. Uh, graduation rates went up by 40-odd percent. Um, we uh, uh, closed the gap between the rich and the poor in education uh, dramatically. So, you know, we, those things are there. Immigration, I'm one of the big proponents of more immigration, of legalizing the, uh, finding a path to citizenship for the 11 million undocumented here in this country. Uh, I've spoken out on again and again and again. You may not have seen it on the website, maybe we don't have everything there, but uh, just take a look at what I did in New York City in terms of protecting the immigrant communities. And you won't accept outside donations. Previously, that was a requirement to get onto the debate Correct. stage. And Tom Steyer had this to say, he said, let's make one thing clear, changing the rules now to accommodate Mike Bloomberg and not changing them in the past to ensure a more diverse stage is just plain wrong. What's your response to that? I don't have a response to it. I'm running against Donald Trump. I didn't make the rules for the Democratic Party. I didn't uh, talk to them about it. They decided to do it. Um, what it means now is the people that can get in the debates are the people that the public has selected as potentially serious candidates. And uh, that's why I'm going to get in it, because the polls will show that I'm a serious candidate. And the Democratic Party, I guess, uh, decided they wanted all serious candidates up on the stage at once. And Tom Steyer has a right to his opinions, but it, they're, at, uh, they're not in sync with what the Democratic Party seems to want to do. Two final ones. California is a very liberal state. You didn't always used to be a Democrat, and that's a concern for some people. How can I, you I was a Democrat longer probably than almost anybody else that's running because I was a Democrat all the time I grew up, and most of the time in New York, they just wouldn't let me on the ballot to run for mayor, so I used the Republican line to do it. But if you take a look at all my values, everything I've done, whether it's gay marriage, education, helping the people, go right down the list, I think I have more Democratic qualifications than anybody that's running. I've actually done this stuff. They talk about it. One idea that's gained steam is a wealth tax. Why are you opposed to the one because Elizabeth Warren's proposed, and what do you think you should be paying at a tax rate? Well, it, the wealth tax just does not work. I'm the one that raised taxes. I don't know any of the candidates on the stage who have ever actually gone and raised taxes. They may have talked about it, but they're talking about other people's money. I'm raising my own taxes, and I was the mayor that did it in New York City. So I know something about wealth and, and income redistribution. The wealth tax did not work every place it was tried. What we have to do is we have to raise tax rates, so the, it, the uh, 
estate tax and income taxes and change things with capital gains. Um, and, and that's what I'm doing, and uh, they just talk about it. So 40%, 50%, any specific tax rate? There's no, you, you want to have a progressive tax rate so that the more you make, the greater the percentage is. You have to do it in a ways that doesn't dissuade people from uh, working harder and doesn't create such a high rate that everybody focuses on gimmicks to avoid it. The last time we had a very high tax rate, nobody paid it. It was ridiculous. It was a joke. Today, it's not a joke, and we shouldn't let it become a joke. Finally, what's the biggest thing you want Californians to know about you? Because you're really spending a lot of money, and you want to get your name out there, and that's a, a big issue, just no, no, getting that's your name not, out to that, voters. That, no, what I want them to do is to take a look at what I did for 12 years, and I want them to see whether that's what they want for the rest of this country. And if they do that, I will get elected overwhelmingly. Thank There's you. nobody that I know or that you know that has lived in New York during the period when I was mayor that wouldn't say best mayor ever, scrupulously honest, hardest working, and delivered results. Mr. Mayor, thank you for coming on. You're I appreciate welcome. it. Thanks thank for you. having me. Thank nice you. to see you. Thank you. are welcome. A couple notes. Shortly after our interview, Bloomberg's campaign told us the mayor has a tax plan that would raise his personal income taxes from the current levels of 37% up to 44.6%, which represents a larger tax increase on the highest wage earners than the one Joe Biden is calling for. Biden wants a top rate of 39.6%. Also since our interview, Bloomberg has released an immigration plan. We'll have updates on that and other key policy issues for California voters as the election approaches. Before we go, we wanted to dive deeper into the state's voting process, especially if you're registered with no party preference. In the state, there are nearly 5.3 million Californians registered with no party preference, or NPP for short. They outnumber registered Republicans in the state, in fact. So this huge voting bloc will have a major impact on California's March 3rd primary election results. And under rules set by the state parties, we figured it's a little complicated and want to give you an overview in case you're a no party preference voter or just curious how they can vote. So if you're an NPP and you want to request a Democratic, Libertarian, or American Independent Party ballot, you can do so just by filling out a postcard, contacting your county elections officials, and get more information to fill out and request a Democratic ballot. If you're unaffiliated and wishing to participate in the Republican primary, however, you're going to need to change your party affiliation status to GOP. There's a website link that we include in our show notes if you want more information on how to do so. It's also important to note that there are 600,000 Californians in the state registered with the American Independent Party. This is different from no party preference. Some of them may have registered with the party inadvertently and had intended to register with no party preference. So either way, to vote in the Democratic or Republican primary, they must change their party affiliation and align themselves with the party they'd prefer to vote for in the upcoming March 3rd election. They can also choose to vote in the Democratic primary by registering with no party preference and then requesting a Democratic ballot. So regardless of whether you're registered with no party preference, with the American Independent Party, or even if you're a lifelong Democrat or Republican, there's one thing that's important to keep in mind. At the end of the day, campaigns are competing for one thing, delegates. There are two different types of delegates you should know about. There's pledged delegates, then there's also unpledged delegates. Now we'll get to unpledged delegates shortly, so let's start first with pledged delegates. These types of delegates are ones that are chosen directly by you, the voter. 
To win the nomination outright at the Democratic National Committee's summer convention, candidates need a majority of the 3,979 pledged delegates. This amounts to 1,990 people. In California, there's 494 total delegates. Of those, 415 are pledged or chosen by voters. Nearly two-thirds of the 415 pledged delegates, or 271 of them, are chosen at the congressional district level. We have more information about this on our website, and you can see that story by checking out our show notes and clicking on the link provided in this podcast. And one more note. On election day, we'll know the results from a little more than a majority of California voters, and we expect probably around a couple million ballots to be outstanding. Now, a lot of this comes down to same-day voter registration, people who vote by mail later in the process. Because of the sheer size of California, it's difficult to determine a winner on election night. But if a candidate has a good showing on election night, they could gain momentum, gain traction in national news, and receive momentum that carries them forward in other later voting states. Thank you so much for listening to California Nation. We'll be back in your podcast feed soon with another episode. As California's March 3rd, 2020 primary election quickly approaches, we have all the coverage you need to know at sacb.com. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast, but also make sure to visit our website for the latest up-to-date information. You can also follow me on Twitter. I'm available at Brian R. Anderson. That's B-R-Y-A-N-R-A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N. Until next time, I'm Brian Anderson. This is California Nation. Two, three minutes. We got max. Okay. okay. We were told we had six, and they went five. Uh, yeah. Okay. Didn't go five. At least he's aggressive, ahead. and yeah. you know. Well, we got 15 with Biden. You don't want to be behind Biden for media accessibility, right? Uh, the question is, how much did you get from Donald Trump? I'm not running against <laughs> no, Joe Biden. I'm running against Donald Trump. So we always you're just looking at me. The whole